And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. You should have run when you had the chance, Spearman. Not much for running from cowards. I see the marshal ain't with you. You won't find it so funny when you're all shot the hell and dying. You the one killed our friend? That's right. I shot the boy, too, and I enjoyed it. Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Brian Ellison. And I'm Langley West. And we're here for episode 115 that we had to get started right away. Uh, <laughs> for the first time, we're going to revisit a topic. Um, we've long held that any discussion is its own thing. And by switching out members of the discussion, you get a completely different conversation. Sure. So the three of us are all fans of the Western. And we're going to we're gonna delve into the... the uh, Initially, I want to say American Western, but that's no longer, that's not really true. It's well, just Westerns I mean, in general. Just Westerns, although, as we were talking about prior to the show, we're going to, unlike the first time we visited Westerns, we're probably going to stay away from spaghetti Westerns um, during this show, because that's It's that's its, its own, own thing. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that way you can go, we can go really, really deep into spaghetti Westerns, because there's right. good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, my opinion is, I mean, Westerns is, is a vast ocean of film and that it's it's so wide and deep that it's really hard to cover Westerns in, in one episode. You could literally do pre-1950 Westerns and then spend a whole show just on the 1950s, which is probably the golden age, probably the greatest decade for Westerns, not just in, in film, but also on television shows in which the top seven of ten uh, shows and I think 1957 were all Western TV shows. Um, then you could do a postmodernist uh, uh, Western show in which films kind of changed in the late 60s and 70s where it became more revisionist. We started looking at the mythology of Westerns and we were changing it. It wasn't the glorified past that we had seen. We were there with Vietnam and post-Vietnam uh, films with Westerns and how they related to that. And then you could do a modern Western um, uh, show as well. Well, in the 50s, so they were huge. Covers. They were huge. Like, everyone, oh, yeah. all, kids, that was the, it, it was Cowboys and Indians that right. people played. It was so pervasive in the culture. The, yeah, it's American mythology. Every, every country has a mythology, whether it's England with King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. For Americans, it would be the West. It would be the Western expansion. That's the mythology. That's I'd, our mythology. I'd be willing to bet that there's probably a podcast out there that is just a Western podcast. Like it's such a huge mm-hmm. um, subject that you could you could probably just do a podcast devoted to westerns. I work with the guy that yeah, and western you, stars. You could break it down by great westerns, great western directors, great western actors. I mean, it's you can do it any number of ways. I work with the guy who that's all he reads. Yeah, 
you know, just Western. one Western after another. Max Brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe there more. might be a Max Brand up there on that <laughs> shelf, as a matter Which of fact. Which raises a question that Tom uh, hinted at. Uh, so Westerns were huge, right? Mm-hmm. Huge in the 1950s and, and probably into the 60s a little bit. But Westerns are not that big anymore. So the question is, why? Well, I think people have become more cynical. Sure. Uh, as you were talking about, um, you, when you were talking about the, the idea of a postmodern Western, um, that the, the, the type of values that you find espoused in most Westerns are viewed more cynically. Um, and, and I also, I think, and, and, and this is, I don't think this is true, but, but I think it might be a general perception is that, you know, we've said everything that we need to say about the Western. Well, there's a shit ton of Westerns out there. Right. I mean, from, from 1894, where uh, William K.L. Dixon, yeah, I'm reading that, and the famous Edison Black Mariah Studio did things, Annie Oakley, Bucky, Bucking Bronco, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Stance, and Sue Ghost Stance. And it was uh, essentially just, um, uh, they, they, they start Annie Oakley and while uh, Buffalo Bill themselves shoot doing shooting demonstrations right. and that kind of thing. Right, right, right. <clears throat> but well, I was going to say, Langley said something that kind of bothers me. Good. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that is, he, he talks about the, the values that are in, in, in many ways inherent in Westerns and that we're cynical about these values. We've changed on these values. And, yeah, I don't want to be naive here, but a lot of the values in Westerns, what are they? It's, it's individualism. It's, it's rebelling against the system. It's, it's a code of honor. It's taking the land uh, that's not yours. That's <laughs> yes. There's, no, there's, there's, there's truth to that. But if you want to get into the history, I mean, Native Americans fought over land, and they took land from each other. And there isn't a piece of land in the entire world that hasn't been fought over for one purpose or another. I think you know, what so, I mean... So, but, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it in an idealized state. Yes, you can be cynical about Native Americans and, and even slavery and expansion as the West expanded, uh, slavery expanded as well. But I'm just saying in many, in many cases the Westerns stand for a certain type of idealism and a certain type of uh, a code and, and the rugged individualism of, of not wanting to be part of a system and fighting against, you know, farmers, uh, homesteaders fighting against uh, cattle barons, et cetera. Oh. There's a lot of good values that go in yeah, there. Absolutely. Why, why do we not like these values I, anymore? I, well, I'm, what I think I mean, Liz, is just like in the 60s when we started to see the popularity of fantasy films drop off because people were less interested in those types of stories and more inter- interested about the, the antihero and those guys. I think the same thing happened with the Western whenever you are thinking of guys like, oh, I don't know, Roy Rogers and, and that type of uh, kind of a clean-cut Western. Because there are all these different archetypes from the Western. There are, there are, there are those guys who are uncompromising in their um, ideas of good um, and uh, there's not a lot of gray there. But then there's also the the antihero. There's the guy that, you know, he's he's a good guy at heart, but he does some terrible things. But in the end, at its base, most base, there all of it is trappings for what is essentially the hero's journey. 
Sure. And that's something that's resonated since time immemorial. Absolutely. So whether, because it's interesting the way you look at the American Western and you look the way other places that it's been adapted. This and we have we touched on the spaghetti western, the Japanese samurai film, uh-huh. all of that stuff. It's all it's all the 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 classic three act structure. You sure. know what I'm saying? Um, whether it's wearing a six gun or wearing a katana, it's, it's all kind of the same. Right. Um, I, yeah. I, something that Brian said earlier is, is, is true, um, in that the American myth is, is kind of the Western. I think I've said before that I've always kind of considered comic books as the American mythology, um, but the, even before that, the, the Western is... It, it, I think what makes it different for us than other countries is how young our country is and how how short of a gap in time there is between mm-hmm. that mythic time and modern what, and 60, history. 80 years? Yeah. And, and, and that you could have people who were um, uh, from that time, the Wild Wild West, actually in some of the first films ever made, mm-hmm. you know that, that it was that close. But I think we've said it. We, we, we've said it. We said it before, where the structure changes, and now you've got. If you don't have, you know, um, uh, High Noon, you've got Dirty Harry. Right. I mean, it's still the same. Right. Sort of. And that's well, yeah. And as you get into the '60s, I mean, the Man with No Name trilogy again, spaghetti westerns there, but you start seeing that the hero in some ways, really isn't that much different than the villain. He just happens to be on a certain side. Yeah, well, it, it all changed with Watergate, essentially, where we saw our heroes betray us, and now we saw that we saw that they had they that we had they had chinks in their armor, and, mm-hmm. and so that kind of I think for me anyway, that's where that well, there I, I would made. I would disagree. I, I I would say that going into the '60s, so pre-Watergate, you just started having a lot of things happening in the country with Vietnam. Civil rights movement. Right. Uh, you know, um, so uh, a lot of I would agree on Vietnam. A, a lot of yeah. disillusionment. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people started looking at American values and standards in a different way than they did prior, and so you start getting revisionist westerns like Little Big Man or the Great Northfield Minnesota Raid or Doc, like in Doc, for example, Harris Ulan plays Wyatt Earp, but that Wyatt Earp is a complete creep. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, basically an a hole, um, which is totally different than what we had seen White Earp in previous movies. And Little Big Man, of course, was uh, you know we're seeing we're seeing Western expansion from the eyes of Native Americans. Right, right. Um, the Great I- Northfield Minnesota Raid made Jesse James, who in many ways is a total son of a bitch and, and a racist uh, bad guy, but in but in in, in reality, but in westerns, he's um, was pretty much a hero for for many for many years mm-hmm. yeah. until you get to some of these movies where, like in the Great Northfield Minnesota Raid, um, he's portrayed by um, uh, Robert Duvall, and he's almost insane, right? So, so you just have these different looks, and all these movies basically predate Watergate. But I think it was the decade, and I think people just like, hey, America's not not so great and not so, not right. so, you know. And now they they uh, they get made, but it's sporadically, and lately it's been mostly by Australians. Yeah, man, yeah, the proposition, the proposition, so is such a good movie. So yeah, good. that was a very good. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I still think that there, I think there's there's still opportunity there. Sure. You know, I think that um, I'm a huge fan of the Western horror. You know, you don't see a lot of it. Right. You know, you see like the Weird the West. Or, weird Western is. Yeah. It's like Weird War. Yeah. You know, there's just. You weren't a big fan it. of Bone Tomahawk, as I recall. Though. Uh, no, I thought it was uh, Bone Tomahawk for the most part. I'd say too much uh, sizzle, not enough steak. What was there was was solid, but when I when I when I ultimately come to a a cannibal movie, uh, <laughs> I want cannibals. I want I want something more than just one scene. That's gonna, that's that admittedly is a jaw dropping scene. I but yeah. I love Kurt Russell too, so yeah. I'm kind of a sucker. Sometimes it's pretty much a western all the way till the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's, it's, it, it, it's I I feel like that that is one movie where definitely because often we talk about low budget movies here that that rise above their uh, modestness. And and I think that that's one movie that wasn't able to. I think that that's a movie that definitely, a little more money could have yeah. definitely helped that movie. It was out. a road picture for the most part. Yeah. You know. So, anyway. Um, but, the, but, the, but, again, I think every now and again something comes along. The proposition at one point, um, open range, uh, sure. uh, Silverado definitely made a big, you know, footprint. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's weird because as a kid, um, that's like that's all that got played in my house. Basically, my sure. dad loved westerns, dad. Yeah. and uh, and as a result, I kind of didn't dig westerns. I was kind of like, ah, you know, that's another another guy in a cowboy hat. You know, and uh, and I got beat up by those guys. <laughs> so screw those guys. And so the westerns that I found myself gravitating to weren't necessarily cowboy westerns, mm. but um, Jeremiah Johnson, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 things things like that. Well, for me, westerns were a way my single mom taught me. To be a man, mm-hmm. you know. Here's here's what a man stands for, and here's what you you do in a situation of X. The quiet man is what taught me. Yeah, that my, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hear that too. Because my, my, for my mom, it was they they were the the John Wayne quiet man you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. where I learned not a western, but how to how to treat women. How to treat women. <laughs> 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 yeah. These wow. days, though, they all CrossFit, so good luck. You know that t- that ties in. That ties into westerns, by the way, because uh, the Quiet Man was a movie that no one wanted to make. It was something that John Ford wanted to make, and he, he had bought the story for like ten dollars back, and I think in the nineteen thirties. Yeah, and he wanted to make this film for a long, long time. Nobody wanted to make it, but uh, they, they, the Republic Studio said, "Hey, we'll make it if you make a movie with, uh, you know, you direct a movie with John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara, yeah, and you make it a western. Um, we'll we'll do the Quiet Man." So they did. It was called Rio Grande. Yeah. Mm. And so they made that before they made The Quiet Man. Well, that's one of the big footprints in this whole Yeah, it's thing. part of the it's, uh, no, it's, no, 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 is, 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 is John Wayne. John oh, Wayne. yeah. There's those two footprints, John Wayne that you just mentioned, John Wayne and John Ford. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a huge chunk. Um, and it's sad lately that you see, you know, uh, audio tape and stuff of like, you know, John Wayne in reality just being sort of a swaggering, drunken oaf. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, well, there. But, are, I mean, you know, that's a thing that kind of uh, 
I kind of bristled uh, a little bit. I mean, you're always going to catch people. I mean, you're always going to catch people at bad times, right? Sure. I mean, if you're, if you're on 24/7, you can't you can't be perfect. And there and plus too, he was political and he was he was to the right wing and mm-hmm. at a time when that's you know not really popular. But I think the thing about John Wayne that's amazing is when you see John Wayne, you see the United States of America. And I think I think he transcends. He's not really an Sadly, actor. Sadly, I would I, add he's, probably he's John Wayne. But yeah. you see it on all its glory and in all its faults. Yeah, I right? would add like probably Ronald Reagan there, and sadly, the future will look back and see Trump. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, I hope not, but well, but yeah. we'll we'll see. I mean, John John Wayne. I know Earth, your dig, your political dig of the show. Uh, well, you know, John. To me, John John Wayne. You know, whether you like him or don't like him, he earned his spurs. So we say, you know, Ronald Reagan earned his spurs. Uh, We'll see what happens in the future holds. But you know, I've, I've had this discussion with people who hate you know certain actors for politics, and I, and I, I it always bugs me. It's just like, okay, you don't want to watch a John Wayne movie, but we can watch a Sean Penn movie. Right, right. right. I, well, I think I, I don't like the whole subject. I don't care about their politics. Mm-hmm. I just care about what they put up on the screen. If I felt that they were a really, really terrible, horrible person, then yeah, maybe I'd think about paying money to see a movie with that they're in. But I don't think Sean Penn or George Clooney or John Wayne or James Stewart are terrible, evil people. Uh, you might not agree with what they say, but they're actors doing a role. And when I watch The Searchers, I don't see John Wayne. Well, what a lot I, of, see, I see a great Western. I think what a lot of people don't take into account whenever they say things like that is that the, the, the movies that these people are making generally are not their movies. They're actors in those movies. Mm-hmm. And unless you're, you know, a Mel Gibson who's directing the movie that you're also happen to be starring in, um, you know, they don't have as much to say about it. Uh, th- real quickly, this show is all about tangents. Um, I saw a scene from Hacksaw Ridge the other day. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. I haven't seen the I'd, film. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I saw a two-minute scene, you know, clip on YouTube, mm-hmm. and uh, jaw dropping. Yeah. It was yeah, it rivaled the battle sequences rivaled Saving Private Ryan. Easily, for sure. I would say yeah. surpassed. What I what I saw was was nearly traumatizing. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's an amazing movie, and what what I what's kind of cool in a way too is that you you don't get a lot of movies about the Pacific War anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it's usually about World War II. So when you get something like Hacksaw Ridge, or you get the Pacific, which was done on uh, HBO. Um, it's it's nice to see that type of, of war being covered because that's really the when it comes to Europe or the Pacific, the Pacific was hell on earth, mm-hmm. and so it's not something that really gets covered as much as the European side of the war with America, where it's it has more of a fewer of a, opportunities for um, that kind of American flag draped glory. Correct, yeah, because that, that wasn't going on in the Pacific. That was right. a down and dirty war. Yeah. No quarter was asked, no quarter was given, and a lot of, a lot of shit happened. Yeah. Some of the great Western stars are John Wayne, are, are, uh, are people like James Stewart, or, or Randolph Scott, and, um, and uh, Joel McRae, uh, Sam Elliott, Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these are guys that you can, when you touch upon their movies, you can talk about Westerns and the mythology of it, but you could also talk about uh, some great movies that you're going to come across. So, so, what are some other titans? Well, uh, before we move on, I, I wanted to, to talk for a second about John Ford and how much, um, how, 
essentially he's almost single-handedly responsible for our view of the American West, mm-hmm. and and that he like a painter, he has, huge he has shown us, yeah, and, and and yeah, he shoots these giant vistas that sh- that that convey the glory of the the, the, ma- the majesty of mm-hmm. the American landscape out in those desolate places. Um, and uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a, a fun story um, when Steven Spielberg was working as uh, like a uh, production assistant or something at uh, at the studio before he was anybody, um, and he wound up in um, uh, John Ford's office, and uh, John Ford uh, had a painting up on the wall. A western scene, and he was asking. He asked Stephen um, something, and I, I'm, I'm probably getting this wrong, but the gist of it is, um, what what is it that's wrong with that painting? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't, you know, I don't. It's I don't know. It's a beautiful landscape, and he's like, the horizon. He's like, well, well I don't understand. He's like, well, the horizon. That painting's right in the middle of the painting. He's like, when you shoot a horizon, you need to shoot it. Either way up towards the top mm-hmm. of the frame, or way down towards the bottom Principle of the thirds. frame, to show you either the um, overpowering uh, yeah. majesty of the landscape and how it's overpowering, or to show it way down at the bottom to show how small and insignificant the immensity of the those, sky. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's little awesome. tiny that's really image cool. that guy walking across. Yeah. Like, how many times? Yeah, you know who seen does that, that really well? Eric Red in the hits. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and how many times have we seen that repeated? In, well, in yeah, Japanese. Monument Valley, right? Well, Monument yeah. Valley with John Ford. Yeah, absolutely. And in the Japanese samurai there. film, we've always got mm-hmm. that long Ron. shot of two guys at either end of yeah. the wide screen yeah, yeah, facing yeah, off yeah, against yeah. each other. It's, it's wonderful. Some yeah. of the shit you lose in pan and scan. Yeah, 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 yeah. One thing I like to throw out, too, about John Wayne is um, most people will say John Wayne kind of became the star uh, that he uh, with John Ford when he did Stagecoach, right? Right. And uh, in the 30s, John Wayne did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of films. And a lot of them were just... I mean, he was even a sing, singing cowboy in mm-hmm. one or two of them. And they're just small films, you know, maybe an hour or longer. Um, but he was in a movie, which is actually, I could recommend to people, uh, for a number of reasons. It was called The Big Trail, and this was made in 1930. And it was the first time John Wayne was a star. Now, the film bombed. Right? It did not do well. And so that kicked him back to, like, nine years of obscurity. Uh, so he was a star for a brief moment, and then he had to go through the 30s until 1939 when he became kind of a star again, a stagecoach. But The Big Trail is interesting because it was a movie that was shot in 70 millimeter, so it was a widescreen film. Most film uh, uh, theaters at this time couldn't, couldn't show this movie, uh-huh. so they had, a, they had smaller prints. But that was par, uh, part of the problem, why it didn't do well. It's like you have this big movie, like, well, but where can we show it? But um, it's, uh, uh, it was directed by Raoul Walsh, uh, who goes back to the days of uh, Birth of a Nation. He actually played John Wilkes Booth in Birth of a Nation. Um, but what's interesting about The Big Trail is, um, again, John Wayne's first starring role. It's a 70-millimeter film. It has Tyrone Power Sr. in it, and he was well-known. He's the father of Tyrone Power, and um, um, he was well-known uh, in doing a lot of silent movies. This was the only role he ever did in a, in a sound film. And if you watch it, he plays this character. He's, he's a villain. 
if you watch it, you're going to be reminded of Bluto in the Popeye cartoons. And that's exactly, <laughs> I swear to God, that's exactly where they got Bluto from. His role is, is Bluto. It's, it's, it's rather amazing. And then there's a guy in there called Charles Stevens, and this goes back to Langley's point about you know, being able to make westerns from the Old West when people are still around. Charles Stevens is actually the grandson of Geronimo. Wow. That's so it's, it's, a, it's a really kind of a, I think it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it, it, it did bomb, and that, that's why people maybe don't know about it or, you know, John Wayne's career was put on, on the shelf. But it's, it's worth uh, seeking out uh, The Big Trail, 1930. I, I'm, I'm not going to go by decade um, because I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anyone's interested in that. Um, no, yeah, I mean, just, you know, fill in what you want to fill in. Well, I, I was just going to bring up... Probably my, I, I, I'm not going to say my favorite Western, but definitely one of my favorites, and that's McKenna's Gold. Mm. Um, right. McKenna's Gold is uh, a movie made in the 60s, um, and it has this amazing cast. It, <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does. I mean, it has it has everybody in it. Um, and the, but, but the, but the thing that I love the most about it is it's a smorgasbord of practical effects. I mean, you've got matte paintings, you've got <laughs> miniatures, you've got uh, everything that you can think of is like in this western, in this crazy uh, movie. I, I, and I don't know if it was a body double, but you may have Julie Newmar nude. Oh, that's true. There that's true. That's true. Uh, who all was in it? We had Omar Sharif. Yeah, well, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck was the, the, the main guy. Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Um, uh, was it Keenan Wynn was in it? Pro- I believe so. He yeah. was in of every course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Telly Savalas was in it. Uh, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's also the inspiration for uh, a um, a special effect that was to come much, much, much later. Yeah, I, I believe in a Guillermo del Toro movie where they were using the vulture, the close-up of the eye of the mm. vulture. As a, as a reference, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely movie. Everybody should it's see it. Lo- it's a lovely movie. Everybody <laughs> should see it. Yeah, well, I, it's it's weird because again, I don't think of westerns without thinking of my mom, mm-hmm. and so I always think of the films that resonated, you know, times movies that we watched together. Sure. Were, and um, two come to mind: Sons of Katie Elder mm-hmm. and uh, The Professionals. Oh. I love. Both of those films, but I especially think the professionals could be easily remade. Yeah, and and I've I've long great cast it. in that movie as well. Oh. It's great stuff. I always I, I always found it um, fun when 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 I start talking about um, spaghetti westerns to people, how the, a lot of times people um, will include these titles that are not that are American um, mm-hmm. movies that you know that, that Clint Eastwood did when he came back. You know, and you had things like High Plains Drifter. High Plains Drifter. Um, um, Hang him high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, High Plains Drifter is probably the closest to a spaghetti western yeah. out of all the westerns he's done, I would say. Yeah. Wait a minute. They, that, they were... At what point did he come back to America? He's, his first American film was uh, Hang him high, which I, was 68, 69, maybe. Well, he was, he was in... I, I believe he was in Tarantula. Uh, well, the they, that's back in the fifties. <laughs> well, yeah, well, no, no, yeah, I mean, he 
he did movies, yeah. He's, but but he he goes he leaves Rawhide the TV series, right? right? And then he goes to Italy and he does the the spaghetti westerns. Right. He does the the, the trilogy, the, no, the Man with No Name trilogy. And then um, when he comes back, now he's kind of a star, and he right? starts film star. Things like Josie. And then he yeah, comes like back in his first. Hey, yeah, and his, and his first his first American film is, I believe, Hang 'Em High. Yeah. There's something there's something in there between, but it's not an American film. His first American film after the I'm pretty darn sure the per, first film is is Hang 'Em High. Yeah. Inappropriate. It's a western. Yeah, and he, he came back and he started doing these westerns that uh, had a lot more um, visceral violence in them. The, mm-hmm. the westerns that the American westerns really hadn't had too much before that, um, and these kind of darker themes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love High Plains Drifter. That's yeah. a man. That's yeah, High that's Plains a, Drifter is great. That's a that's my a great my movie. favorite of that time is probably the Outlaw Josie Wales. I yeah. like that more than, than, than High Plains Drifter, which is a good Western. But Outlaw Josie Wells, I thought, was just a lot of fun and and um, was just very enjoyable. And I think he directed that, if I remember correctly, The, as the well. movie yeah. from that era that I didn't like of his was uh, Joe, was it Joe Kidd? Joe Kidd, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I just, it just, it was, that, there was a lot of that stuff. Like, that one kind of... And there were better films being made at the time, like Tom Horn and... Right. Oh, you know, Tom Horn. That's a good one. Tom Horn's a great Or movie. Pale Rider, right? Pale I mean, Rider. Pale Rider was made later, but, but that's like... Now, nah, that's... It's like a remake of Shane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was nothing really special about it. High Plains Drifter, uh, Langley's Rides, like if you're going to do Eastwood back in America, Western, that, that has to be on the list. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would put Outlaw Josie Wales on the list for sure. Yeah. And then Unfor- I, would, I would put also Unforgiven. Unforgiven, yeah, I was just yeah. going to say... Which Unforgiven. By the time we get to Unforgiven, this is a guy who knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone, like, he has the the weight on mm-hmm. set to to get his vision accomplished. Sure. And uh, yeah, that's that's Eastwood firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great movie. And Academy Award for Best Picture. So. So yeah, yeah. there you go. Shane's one of those movies. It, it comes up pretty predominantly in yeah. uh, Logan. Uh, they 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 like people. That theme seems to resonate with people. You know, the, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's again, a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. Hero, Hero's Journey. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. That, that's literally. I mean, Shane and the Searchers, back to John Wayne and John Ford. I mean, the, to me, those are two of the most iconic westerns of the '50s, and they're certainly in my top five. High Noon is usually on that list. People yeah. put High Noon up there. I, mm-hmm. I like High Noon, but I don't like it as much as The Searchers or Shane, like a, which I think are great. It's Western. a suspense movie. It is. It's a, it yeah. is. It's, yeah. it's, it's a Western. It's like a thriller. Yeah, but it's more, it's it's not that iconic, you know, uh, it's not about the, the gunfight in the street. It's about the the time before it. The build-up. The build-up. And, 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 and how the, this... And yeah, because you keep seeing the clock, right? They keep showing yeah, you the clock. Yeah, and how this, so this kind of regular guy is being thrust into this extraordinary circumstance mm. where... The Barry Cauldron that makes the hero. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's a movie John Wayne didn't really, like because really, it made... Uh, I'm ahead. working on the new book, and I'm really fast. I'm delving hard into hero worship <laughs> these days. And I, I just, was going to say... I just uh, love that, that whole thing. Go ahead. I, know, I was going to say it was, it was a movie John Wayne didn't like because the, everybody in the town was kind of you know a coward. They didn't want to they want to they didn't want to stand up for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so that John Wayne felt that that was not kind of the spirit of the West. The, that again the mythology. Yeah, right. Right? The thing that makes the hero the hero are all the people that won't stand up. Yeah, right, I, exactly. I have no problem with that. I could see people behaving that way. Oh, I absolutely. mean, it's like, the, 
It's like the guy, you know, the guy who's <laughs> the guy who's never afraid. The guy who 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 doesn't the guy who doesn't have fear, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not interested in that guy because yeah. he's not interesting. Yeah, I'm interested in the guy well, who's afraid, goes and does the thing anyways. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the very a definition hero. of courage, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, right. The guy that does it who who isn't afraid, other than sort of a you know uh, that sort of uh, omnipotent yeah. fantasy, right? Right. You right. know where I can do anything and right. I can still do. Um, it, it is. It, there's not just. There's no emotional depth, right? As to someone who is, when when Harvey Melktoast becomes, you know, um, Jean Claude Van right. Damme. That's a that's a that's a, a a deeper, bigger story, and it and it affects you more. The 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 other guy can be. That's a roller coaster ride and a lot of fun. John Wick is that guy, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, you go and you just watch him just tear. Yeah. You know, shit up, yeah. um, and that's a blast. Uh-huh. It's a different, a little story. masturbatory. It is. But, it is. Yeah, but you I'm know, with you. I like masturbation. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, oh, that's a whole other topic. But, but I think it's it's again it's it's the guy uh, loaded with fallibilities. Yes. Um, yeah, but again, yeah. there's those values, right? That the, he he's he's doing what's right. Yeah. Right. Even though he yeah. he's alone, yeah. but he's doing what's right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that, but I think that, that's and that's what kind of the American the, the American myth part of it is like I, the, the the hero that does right despite all this other stuff right <laughs> it's bad well, that's, you stuff know, the, to kind of look the other way on yeah well what do you mean by that in, in that particular movie what's, what's he looking no, I'm not the talking about on? that particular movie I'm I'm, I'm I'm talking I was talking generally you know what I mean where it's like within the within the um, even within the confines of the night story there's there's still you know, there was the fact that they were in the 1500s and life did kind of suck. Yeah. But that's overlooked because cause we're, off, we're off on a quest. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was another thing about a lot of those movies, um, particularly I, I'm thinking of the Clint Eastwood movies when he came back to America, is they, they did a really good job of showing how shitty it was, you know, with, with like, the, you know, the streets weren't all dusty with, say, you know, there was mud and there's people dumping bedpans out the windows. And, right. You know, it's, it's, it sucks. Yeah, it's all, everything was always muddy. Yeah. Dirty. Well, it yeah, you watch there. westerns made in the, you know, 30s and 40s and, and certainly into the 50s as well. But when you have all those nice clean streets, right? Yeah, sure. You know, that's what's interesting about Shane. I mean, there was a lot of mud in Shane, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And it was a dirty, kind of gritty, gritty uh, Western. And it was very adult. That, that was that was the thing that when you get into the 50s, people start using the term adult with Westerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, not, it's not just made for kids. There, there were some good mo- Red River is a great movie made in the 1940s, 1948, mm-hmm. uh, by Howard Hawks. And one of John Wayne's best uh, westerns, in my opinion, um, and it's it's kind of an adult film, I would say. But but for the most part, when you get in the fifties, westerns become more aimed at adults and not so much at children. Man, The Searchers, great, awesome movie, my favorite of all time. It it, it, it I mean, it definitely. I it, it, you know, if you're going to put a, a label of adult on a western, like mm-hmm. that's one of them. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and all, it was a great John Wayne performance too. I mean, he's he's acting in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. Not just John Wayne; he's acting. Yeah, yeah I agree. I yeah. agree. And, and talk about scope. Yeah, and oh, he's, it's a, you know everything that, in that movie's great. And the, I think that might be the first time I can think of where John Wayne is kind of that. There's a gray area to him, right? He's not. Yes. You know, he's not just a. You know, 
a good guy. He yeah. he's he's got some issues. Well, the white shirted cowboy, right? Yeah, not sure. Yeah, and in in Red River, John Wayne plays against type because he, the the character he plays is not a good guy either. In fact, there were some some people thought he shouldn't have taken the role, but Wayne was eager to take it. He wanted to play against type, sure. and so uh, um, I think that's why that movie comes off uh, uh, very well as as well because he, he he can play against type. He, can't, he doesn't have to. He should not have to be the hero. Genghis Khan, though. <laughs> I think that was a mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that, mistake. oh my goodness! Um, yes. That was. So I don't the, even know what those people were thinking when they made that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Ooh. that was called the Conqueror. The Conqueror. Yeah. So they made this film in the desert. My tartar blood boils. They, they made it out of like the Nevada test site. They, they made it out on a nuclear test site, <laughs> and it was John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Agnes Moorhead was in that movie, right? And yes, Susan Hayward. Susan Hayward yeah. and everyone on that worked on that movie died of cancer. Died of cancer. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, John Wayne had fair, smoked like six packs a day. Probably yeah. didn't help him. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Could you imagine? Uh, no. <laughs> um, but then in the sixties, you come to you know. Uh, a big another big temple is Peckinpah. Yeah. yeah, man. The, the, I've, I've always the ba- said if uh, Ernest Hemingway was a director, it'd be Sam Peckinpah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ballet of. I heard him in an interview talk about the ballet of violence. Sure. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, but look at the themes. Look at the themes that he explores. Right. You, two two of his greatest westerns are Ride the High Country and The Wild Bunch. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're both. I uh, I believe they're. Well, I know one is. I'm pretty sure the the ride the high country is too. I think they're both set like in the early 19th, uh, excuse me, early 20th century. So it's old Western values coming face to face with the modern world. Right. Right. It's aging cowboys trying to figure out what they're going to do in this new world, and and uh, both those themes are explored in, in Ride the High Country and and uh, um, the Wild Bunch. The yeah. Wild Bunch, they just decide to check out. Right. Out yeah. of hell with it. Yeah. We're, it's going to go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah. That's a that's a, a common thing in uh, in it's the noble death westerns is the yeah the blaze of glory the, yeah. I mean, it's the Butch, Alamo man Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid yeah. is another yeah. just oh this, 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 if for you know I don't really know who our audience is really but <laughs> but I'm hoping that there's it's people younger people that maybe listen that 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 really don't know these movies or haven't you know maybe they've heard of them but they don't man you've got to see butch cast yeah once you once you buy into the conceit of it all yeah it's it's beautiful it's a, a it's such a good movie and it's and I'm not. I say that not about that you, particular. You, you're film. talking about I'm talking about the, yeah, the, the genre. It's, yeah. it's like any. It's like any genre. You, once you buy into the conceit of it all, then you go okay. Then you, then you sign on for the ride. Yeah. And it's and and when you enjoy it, I, for example, I have a friend, Kyle. I've spoken about him on the show before, but he's constantly trying to get me to watch Indian film, and I just I, I can't do it. Right, right, right. I can't do it. So, but that's me being restricted. You mean like Bollywood films? Yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, I just can't. It's a real. I, well, I don't know some, why. There, there's some good stuff out there. I think it's. I think it's important for you to recognize what. You know, I, I, I think that it's important to to look at enough of something mm-hmm. that you're not sure. Well, of. Well, that's my point. To form an opinion, and that's my point about this, about that, and right. about westerns as well. Uh, but about Bollywood, my fear of Bollywood is its immensity. 
And mm. like, there's a hole that I don't even need to go down, right? Right. Because I know I'll go to the very bottom. Well, of it. and it's and, and it's like <laughs> and not return. Yeah. It's kind of like me, and and you know we've talked about before. Like there there are movies I just I'm not going to go see mm-hmm. just because. I, yeah, time's ticking. I yeah. I I, yeah. I don't want to waste. It's why it's how I feel about television. I've come to the realization that the why I feel the way I do about television. Sure. I just don't have the time to sit down and devote. It's a hundred hours, man. To something. Like there, no matter how good it is. There have been a series that like Jen and I are like, man, we want to watch that. or We want to watch that, and mm-hmm. and we'll get a couple episodes in, and it just literally is too hard to find the time yeah. to 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 sit. I have down. manuscripts that call the dude. Oh, dude got, yeah, what are I've, you doing? My living room is so full of latex and foam and <laughs> but that's a n- resin and <laughs> should, got, should we cut I've got back stuff on stuff to do? Should we cut back on podcasts and watch more TV? No, no, fuck no. God, no. <laughs> no. I'm always guaranteed this will be a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, by the way, too, uh, I wanted to touch upon the fact of uh, "Ride the High Country" by Sam Peckinpah. Uh, it was the final uh, officially, although this turned out not to be the case, but it was the final film of both Randolph Scott and Joel McRae, who are both great Western stars, made a lot of great Western movies, mm-hmm. and um, it was kind of cool having those two guys in the movie, because they were older guys, and so they're playing older Western guys. Uh, one guy's on one side of the law, and the other guy's on is, is on the other side, and um, it, it, it was, it, I, I can recommend a number of movies by Randolph Scott and Joel McRae if you want to check them out, but but um, definitely look into their backgrounds because they are two of the great Western stars. Randolph Scott, I just want to give a plug because when you're talking about Western movies, he worked with a director by the name of uh, Bud Bedeker, and they made a number of films together, which if you're going to seek out Randolph Scott, seek out anything that has Bud Bedeker as the director because they made some nice, gritty, which you might call uh, B movies, right? There were smaller movies in the 50s but some really, really good ones. So rather than just name them, just, just check out Randolph Scott and, and Bud Bedeker. Um, uh, they have some classic westerns in that group. Another movie that uh, doesn't kind of fall into the, the typical mold of a western um, is Jim Jarmusch's uh, Dead Man. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that was like Robert Mitchum's last role, right? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but, it, yeah. but I think so. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp is uh, uh, plays. That's an interesting pull. This, he plays uh, a guy named William Blake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would consider it a western, though, Langley. I would I, call I, it a absolutely. I, I think it is a western, and I think it it also falls into that hero's journey mold um, in in a, in a little different way. It, it definitely is a, a more spiritual film. We we you know we get all that interaction with um, um, with the uh, with the Native American who's who's assisting him for lack mm-hmm. of a better word but i mean it, you, you you do get some life and it, it's different it's black and white when most westerns or movies in general aren't um it has that amazing um grungy guitar soundtrack by neil young mm-hmm. um it's just it's an odd film but it's a really good film mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if you're here's an odd i, I was just gonna I'm say sorry. if you're if if you're not into the traditional western and you're looking for something maybe as in uh, a way in, uh, Dead Man might be that. And, and here, and if keeping with Langley's point, if you want a very offbeat, strange western, um, how about a movie that was billed as the first electric western? Zachary. A movie that was 
Yeah, Zachariah. <laughs> a movie based on Herman Hesse's uh, Zahartha. It featured uh, rock music and had a very young Don Johnson. I don't even know what goes on in that movie. <laughs> I remember I seeing it, remember, and it's like, what the hell? I remember the poster that, was awesome. Oh, like, it's like the yeah, first, Zachariah. The first psychedelic western. It has like this. I, I to be. I mean, I saw it, but I don't remember jack shit about it. Oh, it's yeah. It's 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 rather strange. It's it's worth it's worth viewing once. If you don't like conventional westerns, then watch a movie that's based upon a Herman Hesse novel and. Definitely a, a hippie uh, western, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. did you ever see what was that blueberry? Remember uh, blueberry? Blueberry. Um, well, yeah, those are based upon those French comics. Yeah, yeah. Right? Vincent Cassell. Oh, that yeah. weird psychedelic movie. I saw that, you know, but I, Dude, but yeah, it's one of those things like I don't remember brain. much about it, but it, it was very bizarre. Bent my brain. Didn't uh? Didn't uh? Um, uh did uh? Did uh, Jodorowsky have something to do with no. those? No. No. no, 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 it's very Jodorowsky-esque, yeah. but it's yeah, it's no. very, it's very. I forget what they were, it, it was marketed in domestically under a different um, title. I knew about the comics, but I didn't know that a film had been made. Yeah, yeah but it, but it, you know, I, 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 well, like you, I know something about the comics, and I'm thinking they went off script. <laughs> <laughs> So, it yeah, was, it's a, it's a, it's a strange comics, movie. The comics were Mobius, though. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And that's probably Keep what talking. I'm thinking. That's probably why I'm thinking I have the world at my fingertips. Jodorowsky. And it, speaking of Jodorowsky, you know, we, El, one of my favorite westerns, El Topo. Speaking of bending your brain. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, I, that movie is um, bizarre in the least, and but it has some beautiful... Um, Images. I, I don't know if beautiful is the right word. When he rides into that town and then the entire town is just blood. Yeah. Like that well, is, that's a. It's, a, a, it's a this iconography image. the same as you get Django coming into town dragging right. a casket. Yeah. Which is an awesome visual. Yeah, it is. It's too bad, in my opinion. I've seen most. I mean, these are spaghetti westerns, and we'll talk about that more. Right, but, right. But it's a, it's, a, it's a moment that the rest of the film doesn't live up to. No, yeah. And that happens. Like mm-hmm. uh, where you have this this image, and they and, and and it's a poster, right? It's a poster, mm-hmm. and that and and the rest of the movie has to try to 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 live up to that. You know, that's why um, people dug Drew Struzan so much, is he'd make these posters, and they'd be like, "Shit, we got to make a movie that." <laughs> that it looks as badass as this poster. Uh, no, uh, the film is called Renegade, 2004. Director was Jan Kunen. Hmm. Um, Vincent Cassell. Uh, yeah, very, very trippy. Well worth checking out. I will, I will check it out. What's it called again? Renegade? Renegade. Renegade. That's, that was the way it was released in America. Huh. He, huh. Takes, he takes mescaline or some bullshit, and the world gets a little squirrely. Ah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um... Did you ever see? Um, uh, now I can't. I can't think of it. Uh, well, uh, let me ask this: Does Ravenous fit into sure. the, the under the umbrella of a western? I would say so. Yeah, um, yeah see, a weird that, western. Yeah, I mean that's a thing that, that that's an interesting question because if if you make a movie that's set during the Mexican American War and ostensibly that's what's going on, it takes place in the West. Is it a Western? How do you define a Western? Right. Uh, a movie that um, John Milius made for television called The Rough Riders 
um, is very Western in its in, in how it's made, but it's, it's the Spanish American War. So is it a war movie? Well, yeah, is just it a, because uh, it's placed in the West doesn't mean that it's a Western. Yeah, but yeah, I or John Wayne, the, the fighting Kentuckian, right? It's more of a historical movie, I would mm-hmm. say, than a Western, or even Alamo. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call the Alamo a Western, per se. It's funny, because there's could. A, a lot of those movies that that I like, and, and I can't really say that they're a, a Western. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But they, but they still, you know, they're Feel about like the American one. wilderness, or they're taking place yeah. out there. And I think Jeremiah Johnson, coming back to what you said earlier, Langley, I, th- I think you could call that a Western. I mean, it's, it's set in an earlier time. I mean, when we say Western, but, I guess we're thinking post-Civil War, right? Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, but, I, but I would I would argue that it's not your icon... Iconic Western Jeremiah Johnson. That's right. a more like no. mountain man yes. than mountain I, man. I would. I mean, Westerns probably fit between a Western would probably be 1866 to the closing of the West, which is what 1890 or whenever the but Oklahoma. I think, Westerns, I think guns and shootouts in sure. the street, six shooters, and, and yeah. yeah. That, 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 but I mean, stuff. the Wild Bunch. I would consider a Western. And I think that takes place like in 1916 or somewhere in that somewhere in that time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. By like, the way, before we go too far, real quickly, uh, shout out on Heather Buckley. I'm going to mention Paint Wagon. Yeah, and <laughs> she, Heather loves oh, wagon. People who should not be allowed to sing in musicals, Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin. I think that was the take one of the takeaways from the last episode. Right, how much she loved, how much she loved. Hate your wagon. Hate your wagon. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun movie, but gosh, I, I was born <laughs> under a fallen star. Oh come on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, you, and we we've mentioned it, but um, so much of the the what we understand uh, from westerns um, comes from television, um, right? You know, where there were so many the riflemen, you know, the riflemen. I used to um, love the white riflemen. I did too. I always saw yeah, it's it, one of my favorite TV westerns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always saw it like in the afternoon. It yeah, that didn't have Gun Will Travel. Because that yeah. guy will travel is the heart yeah. of a man. But the idea of like that guy just got you don't even know what he did, but you're like right. It was, it was he's a, like the fugitive. It was the sixties. Yeah, yeah. The 60s, You're like well, fuck those a, guys. He, he was a mercenary. He was no, a gun for yeah, hire. I know, I know, I know. But, but the point being is, you're like he was always you always felt wrongly accused. Yeah, and, like fuck those people. Well, I don't know what show you're watching, but many of those shows weren't about that. Richard Boone was a bomb. I'm just saying. <laughs> when he's Tom a cool villain, too. Them, he's a cool yeah. villain. He's a great villain. What? Yeah. I said, he's, when he's Tom was watching them, they were about, fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck <laughs> those guys. Yeah, breaking, yeah. It's like Brandon. Well, like, fucking breaking Brandon. my sword? You're a dick. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. When you look at Westerns, I think the, I think the greatest decade for Western films is the 1950s. I think uh-huh. the greatest decade for Western TV shows is the 1950s. So not, not just, uh, you know, the Rifleman. And have gun will travel, but you also have you know young Steve McQueen in Wanted, Dead or Alive. Sure. You've got Gunsmoke, which is uh, probably the greatest western on TV of all time. Sure. But a western that I was more lighthearted, which kind of flips some of the values of westerns, which I like quite a bit, which is called Maverick with yeah. uh, James Gardner as a yeah. gambler who was somewhat of a coward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the Virginian. He was kind of like he was kind of like uh, the early um, uh, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of Bruce Campbell, yeah. Briscoe County. Yeah. Oh, Briscoe County. Oh, yeah. 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 Great. That's the, a the sci-fi Virginia. western. That's a sci-fi western. Uh, the Virginian with Doug McClure oh. and, and all these lantern John James Jury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that was of, like in the 60s. Well, in the 60s, you start getting like these, uh, although Bonanza started in 1959, the 60s, you started kind of getting these big ranch shows like mm-hmm. Bonanza, High Chaparral, The Big Valley. Right. And and uh, yeah, course, show, uh, Christian values. I, I saw as uh, early early predecessors. <laughs> I don't know if that was the case. But, early uh, predecessors to Dallas and Dynasty and Falcon yeah, they Crest were all and, bodice rippers. Right. And, yeah. But my favorite western of the '60s, believe it or not, all, even though these were all the big shows that people were watching, this one lasted two seasons. But I liked it quite a bit. It was called The Guns of Will Sonnet with uh, Walter mm. Brennan, mm. and he played he played an aging gunfighter. He, he had a grandson, and they were looking for. His, we're looking for Walter Brennan's son and his grandson's father. All of them were pretty handy with the gun. What was the thing um, Walter Brennan did with Richard Crenna? That, that was the real McCoy. The real McCoy's. Real McCoy's was great. I love McCoy's. I was. And you and great too. One of the great westerns of all time with Walter Brennan, where he played the character Stumpy in Rio Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that was a great role for him. Yeah. Stumpy. <laughs> That's oh, a great man. western too. That's a great western. That's one of John Wayne's best westerns. You know, you were talking about a sci-fi western. Um, I'm reminded of uh, Wild Wild West. Sure. Yeah. Um, which Miguelito Loveless. Which you know is kind of not. I mean, again, it's not not really a western. I mean, it, it's well, it's yeah, it's James sure. Bond western James sci-fi. Bond, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I always saw it as kind of steampunky. It's totally steampunk. Yeah. In fact, it was steampunk years <laughs> before anybody said. Well, it's kind of like a, a television version of a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, right? Like, people like sci-fi, yeah. people like westerns, sure. people <laughs> like James Bond movies. Let's put it all together. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it, but it was, because it wasn't like, the, it was like, it was Bondian in the fact, like, they didn't just kill him. They had to arrange this weird, right. and in that case, it was all made of wood and very sort of steam. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just used to yeah. think that how cool it would be to walk around with, like, a gun in your shoe and... You know, your belt turned into a helicopter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he always had that. He always had that. He clicked the, the knife would come out in the front, and you could hit yeah. somebody with that knife. Yeah. I always remember, like, here's the thing. Pants, the was, guy from Wild Wild West, he was like X-23 in Logan. He was X-23 before they even thought about it. Go ahead. I, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, another weird Western, speaking of Sundown. The vampire movie. Oh. Full, I, th- I want to say it was a full moon movie in the eighties. Um, Who's in that movie? Bruce Campbell was in it for about a second. <laughs> he went there, <laughs> ate some crafty, shot a scene or two, and then left. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, what's yeah. that about? What's that uh, about? Vampires that overrun a western town. Yeah, but is it set in the west, or or is it a modern movie with a kind of western motif? I don't remember. Because isn't that isn't that. Um, yeah, I think I've seen that, but uh, but yeah. I, I was thinking right. it was more of a mod. It was it's, like, it's kind of like a western, but it's like a modern western. Okay, and there are right? modern. Well, I mean, I could be wrong. Sure. I, that's why I was wondering who's in it. Like that new movie, Hell, Hell or High Water, I uh-huh. think would, would qualify as absolutely. Modern. Right. absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no yeah. Country for Old Men. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's another one of those elephant. Movies. You know, you're talking about um, Charles Band, because you know when do we not? Um, there was a movie called Oblivion. You told me about this. Yeah, and it's it's not the Tom Cruise movie. N- no, not the Tom Cruise movie. It's 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 this western that takes place in space, 
on this other planet and it and everything is like the old west but you have space travel and aliens and these weird uh scorpion monsters mm -hmm. and it is one of the most bizarre things i've ever seen george takai there's plays a in sequel it. yeah there there's is two there's two yeah. of them yeah yeah i looked it up yeah <laughs> david allen man giving us that stuff that's air with air quotes i'll say i looked it up <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, um, other ones that, that really are off the beat track. There's this weird little one that David Del Vale turned me on to called Johnny Guitar with Joan Crawford. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Mercedes McCambridge. That's a, that's a, that's a cult classic. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, that's a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, dude, that is, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's I, definitely worth seeking out. Not a good movie, but um, not a particularly good movie. But it's fun as fuck. It's like Terror in a Small Town. No, exactly. Town. Yeah, it's, yeah. I'm sorry. There's a great it. movie called Te Terror in a Texas Town with uh -huh. Sterling Hayden, where he plays a Norwegian whaler who comes to the old right. west. And there's a shootout at the end. I probably mentioned this the last episode. Um, there's a there's a standoff in the street shootout. And he between, has a harpoon. He has a whaling harpoon as a weapon, and the other guy has a six gun, and the whaling harpoon wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how drunk are you? <laughs> Jesus, dude, it's six feet long. And... Did anybody see the new uh, Magnificent Seven? I've yes. seen pieces of it. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the whole thing. I, you know what? I'm gonna admit it now and now myself as saying I kind of dig Antoine Fuqua. I think he does he does action. Pretty, he's learning as he goes along, right. and and you can see it in things like the Equalizer, and um, um, you see it a lot in uh, Magnificent Seven. It's, it's yeah, it's not. Go the, ahead, it's, I was gonna say um, the Magnificent Seven is is one of those great. You know, it's a great movie and. It, it's iconic and and like some of the best western shares uh, a, a Japanese samurai mm -hmm. counterpart. But more importantly, before that, and I think I mentioned this last time, is that um, it's ba all of it is based on uh, a story by Aeschylus at, called Seven Against Thebes. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of thing gets used again and again. Hey, it's not seven; it's three in Outlaw Samurai right. and, and three Outlaw. What was it? Uh, out. Um, the John Wayne movie, right? Well, it's like it's three like, Godfathers. It's like three hundred, right? Like that's yeah. that story. No, but can be... specifically, little tiny groups of men about many three hundred. Right. Yes, exactly. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do get your inference. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I um, think Magnificent Seven, the one made in nineteen sixty, that's a classic western. The the sure. modern one, I, I really enjoyed the modern one. I mean, it's it's, it's slightly different, but I mean the, the themes are the same, and 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 it, and it works well, and I definitely enjoyed it. The only quibble that I have with the the remake is, um, and I don't I don't blame the actor on this one, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, but he plays a villain who's just way too much over the top, way too much, and it's mm, uh, it, to me it, it kind of takes me out of the it took me out of the movie. It's like, why do you have to be this freaky, this yeah. crazy? Yeah, why do you have right, to so that might be much, that might be the director's fault, but why do you have to choose this much scenery? I'm going to throw another yeah. oddball out there just because it just occurred to me, Rango. Oh yeah, the the animated one, the of the Johnny Depp. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's yeah, that, that, so, that, that's very good. So referential mm -hmm. in that, like, there's so many references up on the screen that, um, just amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a loving it's a love letter to westerns, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and they do a very good job with it. Uh, I'm I keep going through my list and I keep ejecting titles because they're spaghetti westerns. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, uh, we can switch. I mean, we don't have to follow anything too slavishly, but, I mean, I'll, I'll throw out a name, just a guy that I – he hasn't made a lot of westerns, but I've always liked his westerns, Walter Hill. Yeah. And um, uh, I, I, The Long Riders, I think, is, is, is great. And, and it's, it's kind of an interesting gimmick because they use sets of brothers to play, to play real uh, character brothers. Right. Uh, so, so the Carradine brothers play the James uh, brothers, et cetera. Yeah. Or, excuse me, they play the, the younger brothers and the Keech – Stacy Keach and his brother play the James brothers, they and it's have but the Quades. It, yeah, and the Quades are in there as well, and it's um it's a good movie. It's it's uh, it's a fun, uh, fun movie worth seeing. Uh, but also Walter Hill directed Geronimo, an American Legend, mm-hmm. which I think is a solid western. Wild Bill, which um, is okay. Uh, it's about Wild Bill Hickok, um, but I don't like it as much as The Long Riders Geronimo. And then he did a really good western, uh, which was made for television, called uh, Broken Trail, uh, which is worth seeking out too. But uh, I, I like I, Walter Hill does a good job with westerns, in my opinion, as a director. Well, again, he gets that hero thing. Go right. A, a, a title that I enjoy both the original and the remake equally is True Grit. Oh yeah, yeah. So I thought you were going to go. We were with talking that. about yeah. this at, at my job, and yeah. between the differences in which one we preferred between. The original right. and the remake. The I'm with the Coen Brothers. I am too. Yeah, but go ahead. I think no. I think I think it, that it's a better movie. Man, that's a yeah. That's a great movie. But but the but you know but the first one did it first and yeah, yeah, and absolutely. that, yeah. that and, I, and, I, and I'm not a, a big John Wayne fan, but but when he does that charge, blasphemy. Yeah. yeah. Kudos to him for for w- willing to take make not make fun of himself, but you know. Yeah. Oh, Rooster Cogburn is, you know. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a terrible. It's like it's the African Queen, and you. Oh, we can't Humphrey Bogart, but we got Catherine Hepburn. Let's make it. All right. Yeah. Oh, no, that was terrible. Yeah, it's just yeah. Didn't need to be done. You know, I, I'm I'm just, I'm going to be a little blasphemous myself, but I always, I always thought John Wayne was John Wayne in True Grit, and they gave him an Academy Award, and I, I really feel that um, uh, it was more of a, hey, you've been around for so long, here sure. you go. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, and I really, out. Everyone knew Yeah, it. and yeah. I don't, I don't, um, I mean, he still had some great Westerns in him. I mean, I mean, True Grit, I don't think is even, is even among his best Westerns in that period. I, I would go with The Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys sure. is a, is a yeah, great yeah. movie. It's, and it suited him better than the shit, the other shit they were giving him, like the Q and all of that. Right. Like, I'm a, yeah, I'm yeah. a fat he, cop yeah. in New York. Yeah. yeah. But, but he had some good, solid westerns after True Grit, like Chisholm, uh, Big sure. Jake, which I think are fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. the Cowboys, I thought, was, was really a very, very good western. Great musical score by John Williams. And Bruce Dern, was he the nastiest son of a bitch ever in that yeah, movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, man, I mean, he just he did a number on poor John Wayne. And those kids, and, uh, and those kids were all great. They all were great. They all were great. Yeah, you had a young Robert Carradine in that, and uh, A. Martinez, a uh, well-known star. Um, and I, my understanding too is John Wayne made the decision to to be killed. That he, he in the, I guess the original script, he he wasn't going to yeah. die. Hmm. But I think it works really, really well and makes the movie even better by having him ki- be killed. Every time, and I'm it, sure Bruce Stern got a lot of hate mail after that. I'm, one. Sure, oh, I'm he sure he did. I, I every time that movie came on television, I had to listen to my dad tell me about how one of those kids was the son of some guy that he worked with on some <laughs> some construction job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Russia the Great. Yes. yes. And yes. and uh, I guess appropriately, John Wayne's last movie is a movie, The Shootist. It's the about shootist, an aging yes. cowboy who's dying yeah. of cancer and decides yeah. Yeah. to not not go out in that way, and then brings up all all people that had a problem with him and have a big shootout, and he ends up getting killed. Mm. Uh, directed by Don Siegel, who would direct Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. Or did direct Dirty Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another favorite, um, uh, Obliquely Duel in the Sun, just because it has a oh, yeah. smoking hot Jennifer Jones. Duel yeah, in the that's Sun a good great. Yeah. Or The Big Country. Big Country, yes, yes. Yeah, I always came out around liked, that same time, late 50s, I think. I always liked the uh, the, the, the mix-up, or the, the mash-up between um, Asian cultures and, and, and West, and, and the Midwest. I know where you're going. Midwest. Um, and, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I know where he's going, but maybe not. Let's find out. So, uh, a television show that I think did that nope. routinely um, and did it well was uh, Kung Fu. Yeah. I thought I, I the thought first they, Eastern. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. No, I were, were you thinking of Sukiyaki Western Jane? No, I was thinking of Red Sun. The, oh, uh, Charles Bronson, yes. Tashiro Mifune, oh, and, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, it is so cool. I do want to bring up uh, one title. Uh, it's an awful movie, um, but it's a rarity. So if you can, I haven't been able to find it. I mean, I saw it once, and I used to have the paperback novelization of it. And I, I want to say it was called The Master Gunfighter. Oh yeah, yeah. That's with a Tom, whack a guy with a samurai sword and a twelve yeah. shooter. Tom Laughlin. Tom Laughlin, yeah. Oh, Billy yeah. Jack. Billy Jack. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's about the plight. Like six string samurai almost. Oh, yeah, sword coming out. Yeah, it's well, about it takes place during the time of like Zoros, right? Okay. So yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. about the plight of the Shumish Indians on the uh, Pacific uh, California coast and how their their culture was being wiped out by Spanish missionaries. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's not good, um, but it's odd and and it's a and it's so hard to find. I I I've had a very difficult time finding it. Mm. You can't you can't uh, you can't buy it online. You haven't found it on, like it's not for sale, brand new, or you can't buy it used. I when I when I looked and went who knows when that was I I couldn't find a copy of it. You you mentioned Sukiyaki West and Django, and I'll throw that out there. I'll throw out the, that whole slew of things that are derived from. Uh, uh, Kurosawa's Sanjuro sure. uh, and your Jimbo. Yeah. Um, uh, Last Man Walking. Talk about a modern Western. Uh, uh, Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. What did I say? With, with uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce Willis. With Bruce Willis. Yeah, that's, yeah. Al- that, that's also directed by Walter Hill. That, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That story has been told so many times. It's yeah. a great story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't like either of. Quentin Tarantino's westerns that much. I think Tarantino gets it, and we've talked about Tarantino at length on the show because yeah. I think you have to, you end up having to. Right. But I think that he he gets it. The problem is that he, um, I think he's at a point where it's hard. Like I think the hateful eight should have been trimmed. We talked about that on the, yeah. on the show we yeah. did. And, yeah. And yeah, that's like a three hour movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, but I say that these days because I'm old. I say that about a lot of things. Yeah. That, that yeah, we could have tightened this up. Yeah. You know, trust me. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I still kind of wonder why he shot basically a stage play in a seventy millimeter roadshow movie. Right. I, I, I yeah, I, we, we wondered that a lot. We did we did a show on this because uh, yeah, you see it in the beginning. You see the vistas. But I mean, yeah. but then it, it settles down inside a uh, basically a stage. It's like a stage. Yeah, right? I mean, it's, it it's a stage. It's well, a stage I mean, shop. I remember stop, uh, us talking about that. It, that 
it's almost beat for beat a uh, it, it was a uh, uh, something that was done for television. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Oh yeah, Johnny was, Rebel. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah. an episode of Johnny Rebel. Yeah, and uh, and it's almost yeah. the yeah. same. Yeah. Thing. It's, and it's, as we mentioned there, go back and listen to that um, that episode. But uh, uh, and it takes a, a while before it gets a, down to the hateful part, right? Yeah, it's I a mean, drawing. It's like, I mean, I found it engaging, but a lot there's a lot of talking before you get to the hateful part. It's a drawing room mystery. It's Agatha Christie. It's right. who done it. It's 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 a it's a the the killer shall be revealed in 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 set in the old west yeah. uh, at the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd also like to give a shout out too to because um, we talked about John Wayne as as um, a western star, but uh, I'd also like to give a shout out to James Stewart, who sure. made a, a number of westerns with Anthony Mann, and again, kind of like uh, Randolph Scott and and Bud Bedecker, search out the westerns that have James Stewart that are directed by Anthony Mann. Uh, these are very, very good westerns and worth your time. And also, too, I you know when you talk about western stars, you, you always kind of talk about the old school guys. But I've always been a big fan of both Sam Elliott and Tom Selleck. So uh, they have made a number of westerns as well, which are are worth are worth uh, checking out. And especially some of Tom Selleck stuff, which were made for television. These were TNT movies, Ted Turner Network Television, and uh, there, there's some good stuff there based upon. Um, Remember, like, um, uh, Louis Lamour novels as well as uh, um, El- uh, Elmore Leonard novels. Yeah. Like uh, there was a big thing in the seventies, eighties, the Lonesome Dove Lonesome series. Dove, uh, I think Robert Duvall was. Robert that's Duvall. that yeah. is a great Western television uh, series, yeah. Lonesome Dove. And, I mean, if you have a top ten great westerns, that's mm-hmm. that's definitely on the list. In more recent history, Deadwood. Deadwood, yeah, absolutely. That's Deadwood's, another shout Deadwood's out for great. Heather. Yeah, really. yeah, no, I Deadwood's out, great. I throw out names like um, Open Range. Sure. Uh, I think Open yeah, Range. Yeah, and which is directed by Costner. Costner, any any movie that Costner in that's a Western, I think he, he's he's a great Western star. Mm-hmm. He, he works really well. Even even Wyatt Earp, which people bag on, I thought was a good movie. Not mm-hmm. a great movie. I kind of prefer Tombstone to that. But um, um, but yeah, he's he's great in westerns. Oh, uh, we were talking. I was we were talking Peter Wagon. I would also throw in Capaloo as a oh yeah Western. Comedy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking through my list here. Well, well, there's there's some real classics too that we've kind of not we probably don't want to spend time on, but 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Uh, both the uh, the original with Glenn Ford and the remake. Um, um, I think the, I still prefer the original, but but 310 to Yuma is, is def, definitely uh, worth like checking the, out. I like the remake fine. Yeah. Yeah. I like it, but not as much I, as the original. And I like anything with Ben Foster. Another one of those movies that. Not really a western, and yet kind of as a western is uh, Breakheart Pass. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, movie. that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's that fun. And, and Blazing Saddles, right? It's a comedy, but sure. Blazing Saddles is a in lot. In a of fun. weird way, that other one. The, remember the Charles Bronson movie with Lee Marvin? They're uh, out. Um, they're out. They're out. He, Lee Marvin's a cop, and Charles Bronson is mistakenly thought of as a prisoner or some shit, and they start. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I can't remember the name of it, but that was a western. It was in its iconography. I would say it's it's a a western. Go ahead. I I immediately think of Hard Times, which is not a not a western at all. I love that movie though. That's hard to find on on a full. uh, They only have full screen versions of that movie, but I like that movie quite a bit. Well, another again, Walter Hill. Right, another name I'll throw up: Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Oh yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You can consider that. That's many people consider that kind of a western, Mm -hmm. even though it's in a modern time. Or 
Um, a really classic one, uh, the Oxbow incident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The idea of hanging the wrong guy, yeah. mob justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that one too. Um, there's there's a couple of newer ones that I that I could recommend. This movie everybody bagged on, but I really liked it, and I think it does a, a hell of a job. It's called Jane Got a Gun. Yeah, the, the, the Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman thing. Yeah, and Joel um, Edgerton or Egerton. I'm not sure you pronounce his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, but I like that one quite a bit. And then a few years back, the assassination of Jesse James by yeah. the coward. Robert Ford with uh, Brad Pitt as Jesse James, I thought was quite good. Yeah. And Casey Affleck, who I thought gave it a tremendous performance uh, in that movie and should have got the Academy Award. He was that good. Yeah, a little. The, overall, the film was a little slow, but but it, it was it had it had its it had that pace that was fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I always come back to when uh, when people say slow, I always say this because I always like, what do you mean by slow? I'm not, it's more of a rhetorical question because most people say slow, they mean kind of boring. But no, to no, me, no. I, no, no, that's what I'm saying. That's more of a rhetorical question. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but, mm-hmm. but, but I, the film is long. But I found it engaging, right? I agree. Because agree. You, you can. So I always use this as an example. You can say the Godfather is slow. It is technically it's slow, mm-hmm. right? But it's engaging. Yeah. Right. The the, the dialogue's engaging. The actors are engaging. It's and, fun and to in me, that world. Yeah. Yeah. The assassination of Jesse James to me is that kind of film. It's like yeah, it's it's not a typical western in you know they're having gunfights every five minutes but but um but it's it's definitely an engaging film now for that go to quick and the dead right yeah yeah now there's there's two of those there's the one that's based upon a, a louis lamore novel with with uh, sam elliott mm-hmm. which is a more traditional western than right. there's the one that sam raimi made I like the which is a lot of fun too i like that movie quite a bit yeah yeah. I'm just flipping through the last of my list. Well, there's, there's so many titles. I mean, there's so uh, yeah, there's thousands and thousands of uh, westerns. Yeah, suffice to say that uh, we like them. <laughs> yeah, very much so. The, the, yeah. the primal question here on this show: thumbs up, thumbs down, hard yeah. thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For me, westerns and science fiction are my two favorite genres. Mm. All right, and, and 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 both of them have so many films to discuss and talk about it's yeah, yeah i mean one show just doesn't really do yeah, it justice yeah, and once again we'll do it again we'll do this again yeah. as, as the time goes on uh okay so moving on to some stuff uh i want to start uh with the 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 people who've died because we've had some big ones yeah i want to i want to go in a reverse order because okay, i know okay. we're going to spend a lot of yeah, time yeah, on yeah. first off i want to say no one's going to know who this is but i do tommy lapuma he was a producer music producer did stuff with Miles Davis and Streisand mm. and Natalie Cole and mm. that was a when you saw his name on the back of a record it was it was a big deal. The other one is Chuck Berry. Um, yeah. yeah, we wouldn't get to anywhere musically right. without Chuck uh, Berry. I, I think legitimately can be called the the father of rock and roll. One of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. There was a bunch kind of all happening at the same time, yeah. but I mean he, he. But he was definitely he definitely made that. That the image of the the guitar player cool, yeah, absolutely, know? definitely cool. At a time when when uh, you know people would have rather seen you know a white guy mm-hmm. with uh, a guitar, yeah, 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 because yeah. he, he was good at the end of the day. Good, he was good. Yeah, man, that was. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know it's great. I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, Michael J. Fox went back in time to show him what to do. I guess a white guy did kind of influence. Oh my god! Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bringing back last week's time travel movies. That's right. <laughs> and then finally, 
just last night it was announced uh, Bernie Wrightson died. Bernie Wrightson passed oh, really? away. Yeah, Bernie yeah, Wrightson had been sick. Had for, been sick. Uh, uh, cancer i don't remember uh was it brain cancer? i there was a lot of stuff going on yeah um but uh I'm, there's a there's an official um notice up yeah. on the website um a, a, a giant i mean like you know we we did an illustrator show not too long ago and we talked, and talked at length about it yeah we talked a lot about bernie wrightson and one thing i didn't say that that um i i you know i mean Probably next to Frazetta, he's the guy, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I think everybody um, acknowledges as the, the, the genre illustrator. Yeah. Um, anyway. Paul, Paul Komoda was talking about how he, he first came across this stuff in the magazine called Plot, which I had forgotten about. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I, as soon as he said that, I'm like, ah, I remember Plot. But uh, the first time I saw Wrights and stuff was in um, was in the Jim Warren magazine's uh-huh. creepy area. Yeah, 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 in particular, yeah. I want to say the the story um, Swamp Thing, the Mucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and then his work on Swamp Thing was just just groundbreaking. Yeah. And and by the time we got to things like the Studio and um, Frankenstein, mm-hmm. yeah, Frankenstein, amazing. Frankenstein. To this day, on my wall, there's a giant yeah. print of one. Frankenstein to me just it's it's beyond good yeah. art. It's it's just it's it takes you and and says kind of takes you by the hand like look I get it mm-hmm. you know I feel your your pain or yeah. whatever. Else. Nice guy, prolific. Yeah, you know, unbelievable. Un- yeah. So uh, so yeah, that's a sad one. Um, okay, we're gonna I'm gonna definitely lift this up. Okay, this okay. Uh, Disneyland is is announcing they're selling Dole Whip cotton candy. What? Yeah. You know the Dole Whip outside of the Tiki Room? You ever had it? It's like an ice cream. No. Pineapple-y ice cream. No. Delicious. When they get... If there's a heaven and you get there, yeah. the first thing they hand you <laughs> is a Dole Whip. I saw this on one of the news things, and I was just like, oh, and cotton candy, even better. Right. <laughs> um, Artie Lang got arrested in a garage in Hoboken in possession of... Drugs and drug paraphernalia. Yeah. And that's too bad. That's um, Netflix. A bunch of stuff got announced today about the future of Netflix. Uh-huh. Number one, they're replacing the star system with a thumbs up or thumbs down. Essentially, a distalization of their reason is people are too stupid to understand a five-star system. Yeah. And a lot of their shit, I think it's a, it's, this is all a way to mask the the ocean of one star shit they have in their catalog sure um I, well i still don't I, that still sounds bizarre to me because like if you're getting it thumbs down what's the difference between thumbs down and one star thumbs down am right i don't know i See, know. well and that's yeah, yeah and that, I, but I, I mean do people really think we're that stupid yes well because <laughs> allow me like to go on answer that. not even a pause yeah yeah they allow think me we're to that go stupid on. They are also announcing a, a button that you can hit on your TV remote that will let you jump through the opening credits. All right. At this point, I'm going to channel Charlton Heston from Planet of the Apes. It's a madhouse. <laughs> it's a madhouse. Yeah. Imagine working hard on a film and someone just going, eh, 
I don't need this. Is there reasoning behind that because you're binge watching one of those shows yeah. and you? But they don't take into account that a lot of times with shows there are different directors and there are different actors right. and different grips. Wow. And well, different... since they're producing the shows, I have a simple well, solution no, for that. That's all film. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Across the board. I was going to say they'll just timestamp when the film starts after the director name yeah. comes up, and they'll just go, "Boop, there you go." Yeah. yeah. I'm not liking it. I don't like it either. Yeah. Um, the other thing. Now, this is, that was on the downside. On the upside, they are going to complete Orson Welles' last film, The Other Side of the Wind. Saw that, yeah. That looks cool. That's exciting in the yeah. same way that they are completing um, Kurosawa's uh, Mask of the Red Death. They're, mm. they're, they're going to finance that okay. from that script. Um, Matrix Reboot. What? Just... Uh, <laughs> Stupid. Dun, um, dun, dun, the, dun. the writer is saying it's not a reboot or a remake. It's something else. Okay. It's re-shit. Yeah. 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 I we had that. It was Animatrix. I just don't understand. Uh, it's well, yeah. It's it's not it's not a reboot or a remake. Well, what is it? It's probably a uh, romantic comedy about a cat. Someone who's the number the two. <laughs> I'm the two. I'm in case. Uh, I'm around in case. Neil Keanu's finds girl. Neil loses two. girl. Neo gets girl back. Or, it's not Neo. It's a cab driver. They'll they'll recast Neo as some young lantern jawed hero. And oh my! <laughs> who knows? It's a madhouse. It's a terrible idea. Um, although they oh they gosh. have a history of it of playing in that universe with things like the Animatrix and right. and the video game Enter the Matrix, which was its own self contained Right. Story. Right. Um, Edward James almost they announced is going to be in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And a very 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 tiny. I think he's going to walk in part. and probably throw down some piece of origami and walk out. Yeah yeah. <laughs> well, I hope I hope it's you know I don't like gimmick casting, so I, I hope they do something with him. Gap yeah. is a great character that should have been sure. Used more. Mm-hmm. That should have been and yeah, a report if you read Paul Salmon's book on the making of Blade Runner, he talks about Edward James almost taking the time to create his own language. Yeah, it's a mix of like. Esperanto and Portuguese and Japanese. Yeah. And, um, Superman, like Henry Cavill, Superman is going to be in Mission Impossible Six, and the news in that is that they're making whoa, whoa, Mission whoa. Impossible. Why that by me again? Wait, 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 wait. Henry Cavill, who plays Superman, oh, is going to be yeah, I think Langley and I are on the same page. Like what? I, yeah, I I, Superman's going like, to be Superman's going to be Mission Impossible. Impossible? No, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Henry Cavill yeah. is going to be in right. Mission Impossible Six, and the news there is that. They're making a Mission Impossible six. Okay, and, um, he, and he did a good job in uh, Man from Uncle. I I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. Man from Uncle. I I yeah. think for some reason I resent Hollywood's uh, determination to shove Army Hammer down my throat because yeah. they keep casting him in, in really high profile things and he's always the weakest part of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't Lone think he's bad. Yeah, and his Ilya Kuryakin really wasn't Ilya Kuryakin. Yeah, 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 from right. a TV show. But I give them credit uh, for. Keeping it in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I will say this. Uh, uh, go out to iTunes or whatever and get the soundtrack. The soundtrack's really, it's great. Yeah. It's really great. Um, Samuel L. Jackson says he wants in on John Wick. And I'm all for it. Okay. I, I don't know what he's going to do, except yeah. yell a lot. Mm-hmm. But, um, sure, let's throw him in. Let's throw everybody in there. Yeah, he's pretty much in every other movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't like him in Kong. Uh, well, we're gonna. I'm. I've. Uh, we'll come to that later. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Disney is doing continuing in the series of live action remakes of their their animated thing. Right. So they're redoing. And why not? Because Beauty and the Beast is doing a Boku box office. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite the the quote unquote controversy, uh, you and McGregor, <laughs> McGregor was on Col, uh, Colbert, and he he had a lot to say about that. You can look up the clip on YouTube. Um, Aladdin, the director said it's going to focus more on the here's the air quotes street hustlers. Uh, okay. <laughs> Oh. They might want to be careful because uh, that that might not be politically correct. Yeah, uh, and then they also say age. that they mm-hmm. also say that this live action Mulan is is all about female empowerment. Okay. Well, wasn't that what the animated movie was about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this I think is even is going to be more Disney afternoon kind of. <laughs> uh, James Mangold's next movie, the guy who did Logan, is this movie called The Force. It's a cop cop, cop flick. Um, which is it a remake of The Force of One? I don't know. Or Force Five? I don't know. Or, 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 or. <laughs> Attack Force, Force, Attack Force, Force Ten Z. from Navarro. <laughs> uh, 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 um, you know, these days, if I want a corrupt cop movie, I I go to Johnny Toe, and because his his are great, and I know they're always going to be great. So I don't know. I'm um, Justin oh, Lin. Plenty of corrupt cop movies. Right. Justin Lin, um, who directed Fast, Furious, and Star Trek Beyond, is doing The Standoff. It's a movie about Black Panthers versus a SWAT team. Okay. Sure. Uh, Based upon real events or fictional? Uh, I want to say it's based on a real event. Okay. But don't don't quote me on that. All right. So, not bad. A couple of fun things. Movies. Mostly, news is, I'll be honest with you, the news is becoming... Head scratching to me. Mostly, yeah. I, you hear it's another thing that you think is this Mad Libs? <laughs> right? Like, did they just make this up? Yeah. Um, All but, excellent yeah. points, my friend, and that's why I tend to my garden. <laughs> uh, talking about trailers, a bunch got released, and we can just go over them, you know, fairly quickly. Um, let's see, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. It's the only one out of the bunch that I was really excited about. Um, it looks like it looks, it looks it looks a little dense. And a little busy. Yeah. Yeah, well... Yeah, it was I mean, visually stunning, that's for sure. Yeah. It yeah. looks like uh, Fifth Element on steroids. Yeah. I don't like Luke Besson, you know. Yeah. But yeah. So, I, I think... I'm, I, I'm really excited about it. I'm excited that I'm seeing such a, a big mix of um, practical with the CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's... Yeah. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, the only the only thing for me is that I, I saw a movie called Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. Which, which by the Wachowskis, which was beautiful. I mean, it was an amazingly shot film, but it didn't really have much story-wise. And I, I hope that, as visually stunning as this movie looks to be, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, I hope there's a really good story there. Well, it's based on a really successful series of books. So. Yeah, which doesn't mean anything. Well, but at least there's a roadmap there, as opposed to winging it like they were kind of doing with Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending, yeah. I did not like at all. No. There's there's some cool ideas in there, but they never got they never got materialized in film. That's for sure. Uh, Transformers Five: The Last Night. I I bet you Langley's all over this one. I'm not gonna watch that trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't watch the trailer? No. Oh, okay. Did you? Did you, Brian? Of course I did, uh, because it's part of the show, Langley. What do you you think? I'm. You know, when I saw Transformers Four, I I just it was like looking at a lot of activity. And I felt kind of dead inside. I agree. And 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 I'm thinking because I did like Transformers one, two was all right, three I liked a little bit better. 
but at some point I don't I don't want eye candy. I need more than eye candy. And if you can give me a little bit more than eye candy, I'm I'm going to be a little bit happy. I I if it's if it's more of the same, then will I see it? Yes, but I have total reservations and. Um, but I have no scruples. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I'll see genre movies, right? I mean, yeah. even some, even the bad ones, it's like I'll, I'll go see them, but, but it's, it's one of those things where I, when I say I have reservations, um, I'm going to wait. I'm not, I'm not. It's not a film that like John Wick Chapter Two. I'm going to go see it first day, right? But, but Transformers Five, I'm going to wait to see what the feedback is, because I, yeah, I just, I just felt Transformers Four was kind of a deadening experience for me. I'm reminded, and I'm sorry to all those Transformer fans out there who are listening. I'm reminded of um, uh, a recent story that I heard on, on NPR, and it was about a guy who lived as a hermit for 27 years and literally had no contact with any humans in all that time, and he, he eventually took to stealing from... <laughs> he eventually saw a Transformers movie and then killed himself. Yeah, hold on, hold on. And he eventually took the stealing from like people's cabins and stuff while you know when they were gone in off season. He got arrested and and um, the he allowed one news you know one journalist to come and kind of ask him questions and stuff and and the journalist said you know this guy just looked totally like flabbergasted and bemused and just not could not understand anything that was going on in the world, what people's aspirations were, what, what they were trying to do. That's how I feel about the Transformer movies. Wow, that was a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, here's, that was a long way to go. Here's, here's but, why but I okay. bring it up. Here's I'm why glad I we went on that journey. Here's why I bring it up. The marketing on this thing is so smart and so targeted. The entire trailer is this little girl going... They always said I run like a girl, and then it cuts to her running away from a giant robot. Mm-hmm. They always said I threw like a girl, and then they show her throwing a grenade or some bullshit at a giant mm-hmm. robot. And it's all about, like, you can be a hero, too. Mm-hmm. And it's about female empowerment. It's so smart, because I the, the same age and of, of little girl that grabbed onto shit like Spice World, mm-hmm. Spice Girls, and all that other stuff, is... This is this is a buffet for them. Mm-hmm. And well, that's a nursing point. As I was watching like, the trailer, I, I just kept thinking, this is so incredibly targeted, and it's yeah. so smart. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that too, and I'm thinking like, okay, Transformers. You would think you're you know little boys played with this, grew up, and they want to watch Transformers. We've done movies, that right? for four movies. We've oh. done that. Yeah, five, yeah. Five so so yes, maybe it's a harbinger of things to happen, but but I somehow doubt it. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, it uh, but I did want to bring it up because of the whole marketing thing. Uh, yeah, and it's, 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 it's interesting, it's interesting point, and I, yes, that's probably the most noticeable thing about that trader, more so than the, the, the robots and stuff, it's, it's just, yeah, that little girl. Yeah, at this point, the robots fighting are just rock'em sock'em robots, and they're just doing their yeah. thing, but, but the, the idea that it's like, it's focusing. It's so targeted. Um, just hope she's not in the movie for like three minutes. <laughs> she could. <could, laughs> so, um, exactly. It was, movie, all, it was all a bullshit. It was, right? it was like, we're just doing this, but she's not really in it for like three minutes and she's <laughs> there. Um, this movie, Secret Scripture, um, Runa Mari. That so looks good. good. It looks good yeah. in the same way. Like, it's a film that you would go to on a date. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like a little, it's a little drama a little... You could know. be Oscar bait. Could be Oscar bait. Sure. Feels like Oscar Oscar bait. Yeah, yeah. Good director, Jim Sheridan. Mm-hmm. 
Here's the thing, though, because I, I didn't I didn't know what this was about, right? So that sometimes when I watch trailers, I I just like okay, and then that's it. But this one, I, I looked this up to see what this was about, and 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 this was very intriguing to me. So it, it makes me kind of want to see the movie. The, apparently, the 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 secret scripter is based upon a book of the same name that won an award in 2008, and uh, the, I think it was called the Costa Award. And according to somebody who was on the panel on the jury. He said that they agreed that the story was flawed and that almost no one liked the ending. Hmm. And they said the ending was almost fatal to its success. So that got me curious. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what's, what's the ending to this thing then? Right? Does the film follow the book? And I don't want to know the ending. If I see the movie, I want to be able to see what, what the ending is. But I thought that was rather interesting. It's like, hmm, okay. Cool. Um New Werner Herzog movie with Michael Shannon, um, Salt and Fire. Definitely interested. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a big deal when anytime Herzog makes a narrative film, because he does so many documentaries now. And, he does. Uh, and they're good too, though. They're great documentaries. Yeah, but his yeah. last few fiction ones, like um, Oh Son, Oh Son, What Have You Done, right. were were creaky. Rickety and mm-hmm. did, did you see Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> uh, you know what? I it's this weird thing. I just just I just can't do Nick Cage movies. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Someone could tell me it's the greatest thing. But in the it's world. but it's, it's it's kind of hilarious because it's based upon Bad Lieutenant, but it's not really Bad Lieutenant. Right. You know, it's hard to tell. Right. Right. And right, it's right. it's kind of funky, but um, yeah, I, I'm I'm up for this movie. Werner Herzog is always an interesting director. So. Um, Looks interesting. Animated thing called Your Name. Typical sort of Japanese animation thing. Yeah. Uh, mostly I'm marveling at how far we've come with 2D animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stunning. It has a very really interesting depth when they show the scenes. It's like a, that, that's almost almost like a 3D. It's like 3D animation. Almost. That's the, the and and that's the only thing I get from those films really. Mm-hmm. The the, the um, anime animation style I've never liked. Um, this is not as anime animation like um, uh, Miyazaki. Uh-huh. It's more stuff like stuff like Steam Boy and yeah. and the, the the really intricate, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Although I'm not really sure kind of what it's about, other well, than like these these kids know. are swapping identities. Yeah, I don't know if they yeah. really if they actually do. That or... happens a lot. Yeah. Look at look at uh, Tenchi Miyu. It's an animation anime series right. that is about gender swapping. Right. Uh, so. Ranma One. Yeah. Half. Ranma One. Half. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, um, according to the trader, it's Japan's number one film of 2016. So I, I guess that's a good recommendation. Yeah, and yeah. Shin Godzilla Wonder version of. Uh, uh, the Oscar? The Oscar this year. Nice. Yeah. Well, very good. <laughs> um, the next thing is this thing called Voice from Stone. Gothic goodness. Gothic horror looks film good. looks good. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. The Queen of Dragons, Amelia Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Game of Thrones. But you know, you never know with these horror supernatural movies, right? They, the trailers look good, and then you go in like, ah, oh, really? Well, there's uh, been instances lately where they get it. Uh, I am the pretty thing that lives, lives in the house. Right. You know, totally works. Um. I, I, this, this, you Isn't know, that something your wife says? <laughs> this sings <laughs> no, to all my. This sings to all my. Yeah. All, all my places. You all know, my like, gothy, yeah. creamy center. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if their superhero was in it, uh, Langley's out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, unless he gets killed right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. Uh, 
Pixar's new movie Coco, um, just from the trailer, man, these guys are good. These guys are good. Just yeah, yeah. Watching the boy play guitar, his fingering is right. Right. All you have yeah. to say is Pixar. Yeah. It, Boom. it looks so good. And it looks set in a in a uh, Latin culture. Uh-huh. And uh, that's always good. You know that we you know, sure. look at things other than the, the typical American experience. Uh-huh. Um, I'm in. I mean, I may not rush out to see this, but I'll. You'll check it's it out. It's on my list. Yeah. Uh, and then Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. That looks good. Yeah, it looks fun. Looks super fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and I like Edgar Wright. I like. I, know, I like his. Uh, I think it's filmmaking style. It's a good thing that he fell out of Ant Man and yeah. got to do this. Yeah. Because Ant Man is fine the way it is. Take it. Yeah. Take it as it. Or whatever you want to make of mm-hmm. that. Um. But I think Edgar Wright's Ant-Man would have been much goofier and more, uh, may not have done as well. Yeah. Speaking of not doing well, I hear Iron Fist is tank dropping like a stone. It's funny. I, I keep hearing that, and then I keep hearing other people is like, man, I, I was ready to hate it because everybody kept saying it's so bad, and they're like, I'm, you know. Well, every martial artist I know is telling me how, how crappy how, the fight how scenes are. Is, yeah. All blocky and very... I always like that though when people say I'm ready to hate it because everybody hates it online, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, well, it always bugs me. It's like be be your own judge. I mean, if you I don't, I'm not again laying this up to you, Langley. Just I've had people because I've I've always been bugged by John Carter that people were bagging on it because of what they read. It's like it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. But it's like well, you know, people uh, well, people say it's bad. Like go see it, then make up your own mind. And that's and that's how I feel about any kind of rating system, whether it's a five star rating system or a thumb up or a thumb down rating system. I'm going to yeah. see a movie on my own merit, and I'm not going to absolutely what sure. any yeah. critic says. There's yeah, my Netflix queue has a lot of one star, two star movies. There's a Cheyenne Sona movie about mm-hmm. Japanese truckers that has one uh-huh. star, but it's Cheyenne Sona, so fuck yeah, you, I'm, I'll I'll see yeah. that. You know, I but I think ratings are way away you can take under advisement, you know? Like, if I see a goofy-looking horror movie, but it's got four stars, I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, I might want to look at that. Sure. Yeah. And vice versa. Um, and this Warrior's Gate movie, which looked crazy to me. Um, the, Luke Besson is, is the producer, one of the producers on that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, again, looks cool, but, yeah. again, it looks it looks a little goofy. Uh, very I. I'll probably see it though. Does it kind of though? I was thinking like Forbidden Kingdom meets The Last Starfighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, a, that's exactly what I thought of was The yeah. Last Starfighter. It was like, yeah, yeah. yeah Forbidden Kingdom but, is a good pull. But um, but I'll I, I'd see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then finally, this Megan Levy movie, which seems to be get ready for those. I think a lot of military-based yeah. tuckers. You know, yeah. this is about a girl looking to find her dog. It looks good, but you probably need to bring a box of Kleenex with you. I'm sure it's going to yeah. be kind of one of those tear jerkers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's nothing wrong. I, I, I've cried before. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of it. We, we talked about that last week about about the, the sniffling I heard in Logan, which was really disturbing. <laughs> right. It was really disturbing. Or it could have been somebody with an allergy. It's, who knows? <laughs> uh, so go around the table about what we've been watching, and we'll get out of here. Brian, do you want, do you want to go first, or...? Yeah, I'll, <clears throat> I'll do two things. One, we talked about Bernie Wrightson, and, and, and um, as I'm kind of the guy who represents comics i guess on the on the um show um i'd like to recommend something that i really loved quite dearly and um uh, it's called the incredible hulk and the thing the big change it's a marvel graphic novel which you probably could pick up for not too much if you want to see it but it's bernie Wrightson all the way 
and it's a lot of monster kind of stuff. Oh, cool. And and his artwork is it's all in color, and his artwork is just incredible. And as a Marvel fan, and, and the Hulk and the Thing being two of my favorite characters, um, I really, really enjoyed that. So um, if you're a Bernie Wrightson fan, uh, try to find this uh, book, the, the Incredible Hulk and the Thing, The Big Change. It's really good. Um, and, I always liked, uh, I always liked uh, uh, Wrightson's Batman, because it was so oh, yeah. otherworldly, yeah. like big long ears and like capes that were miles long. Yeah. But what's nice head. about this book is that it, it's kind of a monster book, right? So oh, he's cool. drawing all he's he's drawing two what you would call Marvel monsters, the Thing and the Hulk, mm. but they also have they also have all kinds of creatures and big page spreads and it's just it just glorious rights and artwork, right. and and um, so seek that out. And then uh, I know Langley covered this last week. I'm going to cover it this week. Tom said it was okay, um, and Skull Island. Um, I think Langley's some of Langley's points are are certainly well taken. Um, I went into it though with the idea of um, not ex- kind of expecting what I was going to get. So I got what I thought I was going to get. Um, it moves pretty well. I I definitely liked it. I probably liked it a little more than Langley. Um, I was kind of astonished that Tom Hiddleston's character really doesn't have much to do, and is kind of bland. And I like Hiddleston as an actor. Um, but I'd have to give the shout-out in the film to Shay Wingham, um, whose character I thought was the most interesting. And um, um, I like him a- a- quite a bit as an actor. He's been in a lot of things. But there's nobody's really outstanding in the movie, but it moves well. It moves fast. I was kind of struck by the fact that in some ways it's kind of intense, and it kind of reminded me of, a, again, a Walter Hill movie, a Southern Comfort, where people go into a situation thinking it's one thing and it turns into something else. Um, so, so I thought it was fun, but um, I didn't have a problem with Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. And I remember Langley, so I was going to ask you. You said you thought he was miscast, so I wanted to ask I you did. about that. I did. Well, why did you think he was miscast? Um, because in um, not so much prior to them getting to the island, but after after they get to the island. Um, Wait, there's an island. I see him. <laughs> I see him reverting back to. Samuel Jackson, like he's he's delivering the lines the same way. It's the same character that I Samuel see him Jackson play in, in every, every movie. movie. Yeah, and uh, well, yes, that's true. But I mean, do you think that you, you felt because of his previous performances, you it just took you out of the role? You wanted to see something else in there? Well, it started. I I thought that his performance prior to that was good and and exactly what he was like the the old military guys that I knew in the military and then when we get to yeah. the island it it changed it, it, it he Well that's he, because he becomes like Ahab he's the the ape is the giant whale for him Yeah but uh, it, Vietnam they they left Vietnam I don't think I mean, that I, he see, that's why that's why I didn't have a problem per se it's like I get his character Yeah no I I get that aspect of it but I I think someone else would have done a better job Hmm Okay. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, I thought can't it was fun. Wait to rent it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Langley's right though. I mean, the Kong in this movie, obviously the the old Kong, the um, the the Marion C. Cooper Kong or the Peter Jackson Kong. I mean, th- th- that beast could climb the Empire State Building. This this beast is you know almost as tall as it. Right. Um. So, but but um. Yeah. I think it's it's I, the final comment I would say is I I look at it. And, it's a different universe, as far as I'm concerned. Sure, absolutely. And at, and because of that, I I I enjoyed it. 
So I did like the homage to the um, to the Japanese King Kong versus Godzilla in that he does fight a giant octopus. <laughs> That's right. And because apparently people are so uh, silly now, I'm I'm not going to give it a star rating. I'll just give it thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's it. You? Um, I've been hard at work building cool shit, so I haven't had time to watch anything. And I do what I always do whenever I'm doing that, and I put on any of the umpteen million making of things that I have. Sure. So today it was listening to the uh, the making of Hellboy and Hellboy 2. Oh, nice. I threw up a Bruce Brian Fuller tape on Facebook today about getting uh, um, clay and water and unmolding them in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By the way, Langley, Langley, do you like the animated Hellboys? Um, I do. Yeah, they're great. I I, do. Yeah, they're great. I enjoyed them quite a bit. Blood and Iron. Yeah, uh, Yeah. something, sword. I can't remember. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I I do. We can't remember them, but we all agree that they were good. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me, let's see, uh, a lot of, some classics, I rewatched The Thin Man just because sure. I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to get the, Great stuff. the dialogue, uh-huh. the meter of the dialogue, uh, so a film called Texas Killing Fields, Sam Waterston and Negan, the guy who, Henry, right. whatever his name is, that plays Negan, um, okay, kind of a low rent, um, true detective, uh-huh. but not as interesting, uh, uh, Italian film called The Girl in two, Room 2A, which was fun. Uh, don't ask me why, but I watched Real Steel. Sure. <laughs> That's you, Jackman. I don't know. Yeah, I saw it and went, damn, Logan, okay. And so I watched it. But the thing and I that wanna... is Rock'em Sock'em Robots, by exactly, the way. Yeah. The thing I want to uh, bring up, though, is uh, Jim Norton's new special, Mouthful of Shame. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely hilarious. Having, yeah, just, funny. having just watched the Amy Schumer special, which is like watching a car wreck, um, uh, it was nice to see someone do an hour, fill an hour, and uh, be engaging while I do it. Mm-hmm. It's dirty as hell, but um, it's hilarious. One of the things about Real Steel is that it's based on a short story by Richard Matheson, which was probably done better as a Twilight Zone episode. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember at the time. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. yeah. But it was a, but it was a, yeah, it was a boxer taking on a robot, though, right? Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything out there we want to push, promote? I, I don't right now, other than... Um, um, Crypticon and Bleeding Ham are kind of uh, getting together and doing some cross promotion. Oh, nice! Stuff, so you'll be. They just us. Crypticon just contacted me and asked me if I wanted to do a reading, so I could do a reading. Sweet, and, awesome. Um, we're going to do a panel. Yeah, we are. And we're going to do, and I guess uh, I'm going to be. We're going to be busy. That those. I'm hoping to that we're going to be really, 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 really busy on those two on the days I'm there. Yeah. Um, Go to Amazon, please, and buy my book, Moonlight Serenades. Uh, the new one, String of Pearls, is I'm finishing it up right tonight or the next couple of days. Yeah. I'm already moving on to tough guy stuff, and um, uh, I think the idea for the new book is awesome. So that's the that stage I'm at. In a month, you'll be hearing me t- say how I suck and the whole thing is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll go, hey, it's so bad. And then around June, I'll be like, it's really good. All right. Um, so for, uh, what is that? Episode 115, right? Yeah, 115. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to, a hobby. Uh, for the Bus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Brian Ellison. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary. <laughs>